The impact there obviously is that um, a lot of hotels and restaurants are closed. The tourists are not coming. Some of the restaurants don't have the capability right now to actually um, fully work out the whole delivery um, takeaway kind of scenario. So you find for a lot of them, they're cash strapped at the moment. And so you find that they've had to make a lot of adjustments even in the volumes that they actually uh, procure. Already COVID has affected us because uh, our highest sales throughout the year are during school periods. So for us, the 18th of March was really devastating for us because we knew it meant for until schools open, we're going to see definitely a decrease um, in terms of uh, our school uh, sales to schools or sales to school going children. The issue is you have to be nimble. We, we don't know where we're going. I'm operating simply um, on the motto of um, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Those are some of the comments from a virtual panel discussion we hosted in April 2020, where business owners shared what the impact of COVID-19 was on their businesses at the time. The business sector has been adversely impacted by the coronavirus, and the question that most entrepreneurs have been asking themselves is, can my business survive this pandemic? That's the topic on today's episode, Business Continuity, an Entrepreneur's Journey Through a Pandemic. Welcome to Season 2 of the Bongo Hive Podcast, brought to you by Bongo Hive in partnership with the International Trade Center's Fast Track Tech Africa Initiative. I'm your host, Maretta Lindunda. This season was recorded during the time of COVID, and in all cases, care was taken to social distance or record the show remotely. On March 16, 2020, the Ministry of Health reported Zambia's first case of COVID-19. What was not fully understood then was the impact the pandemic would have on the Zambian economy. Since then, some businesses like those in the hospitality industry have recorded staggering financial losses from cancellation and suspension of activities. We could never have imagined uh, a crisis or pandemic taking on the way that coronavirus did. That is Chishimba, one half of PR Girl Media, which she runs with her sister, Monday. PR Girl Media is a public relations agency specialized in traditional and digital PR solutions that also include event management. Given the nature of their business, we asked PR Girl Media if they had any contingency plan in place to cover them in times of a pandemic such as this one. We should have had one. But I think the thing with the coronavirus is just it hit everybody by surprise that whatever contingency plan we had was not to that magnitude, extent or even time frame. It was like, OK, in case, you know, the economy isn't faring too well, what do we do, you know? Or in case the trends in, in lifestyle PR and entertainment change, what do we do? Um, we could never have imagined a crisis or pandemic taking on the way that coronavirus did. So, no. And I think that was, um, you know, a global shock because we all saw it happening a couple of months before. Um, and I think we almost forgot how small the world is. Because yeah. I do remember we were supposed to have an event in April. And I think the sooner it got to the event, in our strategy meetings, we kept saying, no, I think we'll be fine. I, I don't think it's going to come to this side yeah. of the world. We did discuss it, uh, but we never planned um, for it. We can all agree that when news of the coronavirus pandemic first broke, most of us in Zambia didn't imagine the country would be hit as hard. 
What resulted was a disruption of life in ways never before imagined. So, how did this affect an event planning business like PR Girl Media? Um, it was extremely dramatic, if I can use that word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the nature of our business is we are in entertainment, we're in PR and events. So, we spend January, February, and part of March strategizing and planning to execute end of March, April, May, you know? Mm-hmm. So, when, when it happened... Everything got cancelled. We had, I think, five events lined up, yeah. and they just kept cancelling one after another. Yeah. And um, it was it was quite dramatic. It went from hundred to yeah. zero. It was like it was, and and I felt that it was a bit of a uh, domino effect because mm. um, every corporate was watching the next, and every musician was watching the next. Because nobody knew how to handle it and how to respond. So it was a domino effect. So when Corporate One, um, you know, withdrew a campaign uh, because it wasn't COVID friendly, the next corporate did the same. So I and I guess that's that's what Monda means when she says dramatic. It just kind of felt like every day was a shock of some sort. A plug was being pulled. Yeah, every day. a plug was being put every day, and you just you know you you just had to ask like, are we still doing this? Are we not doing this? So I think there was a a period where a lot of the the key players in our industry uh, just stood still just to watch. Like, I'm just going to watch for these dominoes to fall and then try and figure out how we pick it up and, and keep moving. So the pandemic has hit Zambia. Restrictions are put in place limiting people's movements, interactions, and how enterprises conduct their business. As an entrepreneur, how do you respond to this? Um, I think as, as PR Girl Media, we've, we've always had this great relationship with the corporates, the entertainment industry, which is the artists, the, the creatives, and the consumer, our customers. And I, I think I should say we are, you know, we, we, are, we are lucky to still have that um, public uh, confidence and trust. So when we had our plans and we we sat down as a team and consulted Ministry of Health and thought we can do this, uh, we didn't have any backlash from our corporates or our entertainment stakeholders or even the consumers because we've always had that public trust that they, they know what they're doing, they're professionals, and they wouldn't put our lives at risk if they knew that um, this wouldn't be safe. Uh, but still, there was still that reluctance um, attitude or mood in the in the economy generally. Even uh, Ministry of Health and Public Health themselves weren't quite sure. Um, so it was a bit like, I'm going to give you this leeway, but please do me proud. <laughs> and, and, and like, don't mess it up. Because if you mess up, then the whole country is in trouble. So it was a huge, huge weight to carry and a huge responsibility as well. Uh, but it had to be done, especially once we started to see that this wasn't something that was going to go away overnight. Um, it took time to infuse into our, our country and our continent. And just like that, it was going to take a lot of time for it to kind of, you know, weed out. Yeah. And I also teach you to, to add on to that. Um, you know, I think when Corona hit... We all just kind of, like you said earlier, sat back to watch what would happen. And I think in the back of our heads, 
you know, as business people, people that are in entrepreneurship, you you kind of think, okay, I'll give this a month and then it's going to go away. Mm. So I think as a business, we spent quite a lot of time. I think this was about six, eight weeks in, almost about yeah. two months. And we sat down and said, okay, you know what? Corona is not going away. Yeah. We, we are not going to be able to work for years and years and years mm. until a vaccine is found. So we needed to get proactive. We needed to get creative. And we went into corporates to lobby to say, listen, yeah. this is not going away. How is our industry going to survive? Um, mm. It's the new normal and we must embrace it and find safe ways to socialize. Yeah. So that was very much our strategy and our lobby strategy with the government as well as corporates. I've often heard people in business circles say, when a crisis hits, it's time to innovate. Turns out, Chishimba and Monday are no strangers to this, seeing how they aptly put it to practice. The thing about being an entrepreneur, uh, and I've, I've come to learn this in the past years um, since PR Girl, I think this is about four and a half years ago, it's a different level of tenacity because it's a sink or swim situation. So despite the fact that, you know, COVID has been, you know, pretty much brought the world at a standstill, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have no other choice but to survive. So I think it's made us extremely innovative. Um, we looked for opportunities where, you know, before we maybe even neglected a little bit. I'll give you an example. PR Grow Media is public relations and event management, right? And I kind of feel that as a business, we really did focus a lot on events. We pitched for events and activities. And during Corona, we saw how strong the PR element to the business is, how much money is in it you know the the profit of of that is you know the cost of profit of that is extremely low so i think we we saw that opportunity and we were like wow let's run with this this is how we'll survive during this time the thing about 2020 and um you know, the the covid 19 pandemic is it's created a real test of you know um business positioning you know, how how strong is your business positioning? And then also just the the amount of, of effort we had to put in to survive. Um, it tested the previous strategies we had put in. It made us look threw at them how... Threw the door, <laughs> the door, really. <laughs> and like one day saying, we looked at the potential of the business that we hadn't had even time to look into before. And that's the beauty about this year is people have had time. Because for the longest time, there was nothing to do. So, you you know, you had time to think and reflect and, and look at what makes sense in your business and what doesn't make sense in your business. But then the thing that came out for us as PR Grow Media is our ability to, to do what we're doing in Zambia in other markets. Because mm. we realized that during the lockdown, we were doing a lot of um, online engagements with other entrepreneurs and, and other um, women in PR and, and, and men in creative industries. And we thought, oh my goodness, you know, we've really um, underestimated how similar our networks are. And, and that opened up a lot of doors and it's opened up a lot of opportunities. And this is why I said, no one is, is going to go back to business as it was before. It's completely changed everything. Um, but in a good way, you know, there's, there's the pluses and the minuses. But moving forward, the opportunities that we now see are a lot more clearer. 
Yeah. Um, and our strategies are a little bit more, you know, COVID proof, <laughs> if I can say that. So it's 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 been a blessing and a curse, you know, but more of a blessing for for young entrepreneurs like us, um, because it's 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 made us get into certain rooms that we wouldn't have before. Like Monde said, we've developed great um, relationships with the government, for example, because at a time like this, before we didn't need to go to the government. We just did what we did. But now because of the restrictions and the authorities were really playing hardball, if I could say that. So now we've also developed that and now our, our government relations, um, that's also an opportunity that's opened up. What lessons then can we learn from all of this? I'll have to be fair because you could never have been prepared. Like even the the world's biggest conglomerates were hit. Um, you know, the world's smartest people like strategists were hit, you know, and caught unaware. So if, if, if I'm being completely fair, I would have to say the preparedness for a disaster like COVID-19. Um, no one could have really seen it coming. However, uh, I think it's important to know the position, like I said, of your business um how well established you are to survive in in a time of any any crisis um and then also what's really important is understanding uh what what works and what doesn't work because i think what came out of the the covid crisis was the businesses that didn't have um you know real real purpose if i can put it that way didn't survive because it was very easy for the those businesses to just you know wither out with the, with the, with the pandemic, um, but it was the business that are purpose led um, that know exactly what their position is, and I think even for us as as entrepreneurs, it was a real test of what are we doing and why are we doing it. Um, going back to and if I can say it's a cliche, but why did you start? Like why did you start? Because um, I, I honestly believe COVID-19 has been one of those really uh, trying crises where you ask yourself if what you're doing is worth doing. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is also um, not being rigid. You need to adjust to the times. I always give this example of Kodak. They just refuse to go digital. And where are they now? You know, the world is changing every day. There's a new trend every day. You need to stay current. You need to watch the world. Technologies are coming up. You know, there's climate change. There's a lot of things going on. And I think what COVID has taught us is, you know, the nothing world will, stays the nothing same. stays the same. You have to yeah. adjust. You have to evolve. You know, you look at COVID-19 and you think, okay, it came as a crisis, but it's a change. And it's something that you have to work with as you go on. And there may be many more changes, controlled or uncontrolled. Um, and I think that's the key, key learning for entrepreneurs, you know, that are coming up or that are established. Like I said, everyone was hit. Um, it didn't matter how experienced you are, but what mattered is how well you adapted and what your positioning was and, and, and also relationships. Because I have to say this, that our business has survived because we have that brand loyalty, we have that client trust, and we have these relationships with the media, with the government, with consumers, with the corporates. And I spoke earlier about that trust that keeps you in business even when everything else is going wrong. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a simple example of, you know, why should somebody have to come out and, you know, go to a PR Grow event when, you know, they, they're at risk. They have to trust that you are taking care of them. They have to trust that you know what you're doing. Um, 
and also on the other side as a corporate why should you trust you know an initiative that PR Grow Media is is uh, proposing and everybody was so fearful of a PR crisis. We don't know what to do because if we come out, it might backlash. Um, but you needed that trust from your client to say, I trust that PR Grow Media know what they're doing. So in the long run, whatever you're building now, whatever relationships you're building, it will work out when times are hard because that's what keeps you in business. Another consistent discourse that has emerged around COVID and entrepreneurship is the resilience of businesses. The bone of contention being, who can survive such business disruption, and how? We have Brian Ross from Prospero Zambia to share his experience assisting businesses around Zambia as they tackle the COVID-19 pandemic. Taking advantage of Brian's work with Prospero, supporting various SMEs across Zambia from sectors such as tourism, we asked him to weigh in on the impact of COVID-19 on Zambia's economy and which sectors he feels have been greatly impacted by the pandemic. You know, COVID has impacted Zambian commerce and trade and, and business, you know, in many ways like it has all over the world. I think in, in some ways the informality of the overall economy in Zambia means that the impacts are felt on, on a much different level than other economies, you know, that are the formal um, in kind of the, the economic kind of makeup or the breakdown of the overall economy. But I think different sectors are impacted much differently. The ag sector, you know, compared to the tourism sector has been impacted less than than the tourism sector, you know. And then uh, given the tourism in Zambia is so highly uh, dependent on international tourists as well, obviously that took an even bigger knock than countries where there's been a, traditionally a, a stronger domestic market as well. Brian asserted that business models, rather than the size of a business, have more to do with a business's capacity to cushion itself against the impact of COVID-19. To me, it comes much more down to the business model. Businesses that require enormous amounts of working capital or, you know, or, or heavy reliance on logistics or, or crossing international borders or exports, you know, they might be at higher risk to a Zambian or a, like a local SME or a Zambian company that has a, a domestic market where they source whatever they need to produce their good or service locally, you know. So it just depends on the model. In many ways, I think larger businesses often have stronger systems, have a ability to withstand, you know, cash flow that can withstand a longer period uh, than a small business who's, you know, really heavily dependent on sales today, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it just depends on, it depends on the model, I think. Despite being an advocate of business continuity strategies for business, when asked about the importance of using them as contingency plans for eventualities such as a pandemic, Brian was a little skeptical about their effectiveness. He attributed this to the unpredictable nature of the coronavirus pandemic. COVID has been on another level in terms of business disruption. The scale of impact has been just so much bigger and sustained than smaller disruptions, whether it's a natural disaster that comes through, you know, or whatever it means. So it's like on a different scale. But clearly, we have learned um, a lot of lessons about the importance of planning, building cushions into your business and into your business model wherever you can, always innovating. One of the kind of the support financial facilities that we put together was uh, focused around innovation within the COVID era. You know, as a result of COVID, what new opportunities have come up that as an entrepreneur you might take a hold of? Production of hand sanitizer, 
that, you know, that's a quick business pivot that if you have the if you have access to the inputs, if you have access to the knowledge and the, and the resources, that was a quick one that a number of companies went into. And then it's just like that phases out, you know, that kind of phases out, I guess, you know, where, where supply chains were disrupted significantly in the early days. And now slowly as countries are addressing some of these value chain issues or these supply chain issues, opening borders a bit more, easing restrictions on logistics, you know, some of these supply chains are now coming back together. In some ways, similar to how they were before COVID. In other ways, you know, there there's more innovation and there in entrepreneurs and the business community is is finding ways around some of these limitations. So, you know, at the end of the day, it, a lot of it depends on the entrepreneur and the business and their ability to kind of look for opportunities and shift models and make small other investments that, that allows them to be flexible and nimble. So what type of COVID-19 related resources are available to entrepreneurs in these trying times, especially from organizations such as Prospero that are designed to support innovation and opportunities to small and medium scale enterprises in Zambia? There's been so many resources that have popped up, right? I mean, a quick Google search, COVID resources for SMEs or COVID resources for entrepreneurs is like amazing how much out there there is in the online world. Um, our immediate response, um, we had three kind of initial grant facilities, and this this is already some time back, and they've you know we've spent that money for the most part, and we've developed those partnerships for the most part. So these facilities are not open currently, but we had a quick kind of goods and services, COVID goods and services facility, which I mentioned was about kind of innovating in in the circumstances. We had a small business resilience facility, which was essentially available to companies who were looking for kind of basic wage and operations support just to just to maintain their minimum business operations to, to sustain as many jobs as possible, to keep their employees with at least some in, income coming in. So we had that, uh, which was obviously very popular within the tourism sector. And then we had also a kind of a post-COVID uh, recovery facility where we provided some funding and some kind of co- co-investment funding for businesses who were at a stage that they were already looking beyond COVID, how they could invest, how they could kind of pivot some of their business models and come out the other side more competitive. And so we also had that facility that was open. And as I mentioned, I mean, we really tried to get that out as fast as possible. Um, No one knew, you know, we still don't know how long this will go, right? So for instance, the small business resilience facility, we kind of we're looking at that in a six-month period, um, which clearly that, you know, for the tourism sector that's already very seasonal, um, you know, most of that support will end in March of 2021 for the businesses, right? And what we're hoping now that these businesses are being very smart and, you know, thinking about the future because in the tourism industry, most of the most of their revenues only start to come, you know, in, in June, July, August timeframe. So, those are some of the resources that Prospero had available. I know that there's a lot of others out there, you know, whether it's whether it's kind of technical assistance or whether it's grant focused financing or whether it's, you know, just like resources available um, that help help entrepreneurs to think through some of the challenges that they're facing and how to push through. We can all agree that the impact of COVID-19 on Zambia's economy has been profound. But is there hope for resuscitation? Brian answers. COVID has had an inordinate impact on most businesses. Um, some will survive, some won't. Even in normal times, most businesses don't survive, right? I mean, most entrepreneurs, 
for better or for worse, they have to start something. They have to start something. They have to start something. You know.、Um, so of course, there's there's always there's there is hope, but it, but it, a lot of it just depends on you know the the ability of the entrepreneur, the business person, to grind it out, hustle. You know, if this one isn't working, then figure something else out. I mean, I hope that there are some interesting innovations and and shifts in the business kind of entrepreneurship or the business culture. Um, in Zambia, I think you know when when the when the chips are down, people have to think differently. You have to innovate. You have to be open to partnerships that you might not have been open to previously.、Mm-hmm. So I mean, even in my own business,、um, we have to figure out you know what how, where's the cash going to come from? Because I, I you know I also have a, t- a business in the tourism industry, right? And it it has given me a much better. Appreciation for the challenge and the struggle and the hustle that's required to be successful in normal circumstances, much less COVID. I believe that for those who are agile and, in other words, able to adapt quickly to change, they have actually leveraged so many opportunities during COVID. Joining us next to talk about the impact of the pandemic on African businesses and economies is Sophie Nanteza. She is an international consultant with the UN ITC Fast Track Tech Program, as well as an investment analyst, and she gives some insight on what opportunities could be extracted from the COVID pandemic. We asked Sophie about Africa's position in terms of economic impact in the face of a global pandemic. She had this to say: "COVID has brought、uh, numerous challenges on one hand, but opportunities as well." So, depending on the sector that the business is is、uh, currently servicing, some businesses, a majority of the businesses, are, were actually impacted negatively, and these are in the sectors that required the physical contact. You know, where your customer had to come to you physically to purchase your product. But then we have also seen businesses that have grown and blossomed through this COVID period. I believe that. For those who are agile, and in other words, able to adapt quickly to change, they have actually leveraged so many opportunities during COVID. So I wouldn't say that the situation is 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 dire per se, but I would like to just emphasize that it's just a new season, and new seasons come with opportunities, but only to those who are alert and adaptable to the change. She went a step further and highlighted to us some of the developmental and socio-economic sectors that had been greatly impacted by COVID-19. So,、uh, in reference to the East African region, and I believe the region across the board, you realize that the industries or sectors like education have really been impacted. Education has been impacted because we we have a traditional learning model. Where a student must see a teacher in the classroom, and that has, is not happening anymore. So there's no business there. Then we also look at, of course, tourism and hospitality because of the travel restrictions. The entertainment industry is 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 really limping right now. That's because again we were used to entertainment being a, a concert or a show and, and and crowds coming together. I I like to also believe that the fashion industry has been impacted greatly. You know, with the whole stay-at-home, work-from-home, avoid crowds. Again, people are not buying as much as they used to from people in fashion. Transport, most definitely as well, because social distancing has led to a higher cost of public transport, and not many can afford it now. 
so people are finding a way to do what they needed to do right in their households or at their home and there's no need to travel as much even international travel or cross-border travel has been impacted naturally we should expect some transformations in the way business is conducted in response to the pandemic we asked sophie what sort of emerging trends we should expect post-covid and there was a glimmer of hope for african economies in her response the most critical trend is the role of technology or the use of technology in everything we do and uh, i say this because i was i had the opportunity or i was lucky enough to already be working with technology companies pre covid under the fast track tech program across the different seven countries and i have noticed that uh, for the companies that already understood the role of technology they have been able to adapt quickly and then for those that did not have an appreciation for technology as part of their business model they they are trying to play catch up they are fast tracking their business model to implement technology at the core of it so technology is one of the key trends that is just going to change how we live how we work if you look at even our social interactions now there's no need to travel to zambia anymore to get your job done even working from home is only enabled when we have a technology that is adequate and then the other trend is is um people actually uh, appreciate the need to have diversified income streams or revenues now more than ever there was always a, a level of comfort and safety even for businesses before businesses always believed if i'm operating in zambia and 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 I, and my my turnover is decent then there's no need for me to consider the neighboring markets or 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 going across the region but as we have seen the impact of covid the markets have actually become smaller or narrower because of the impact of covid on 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 individual incomes or ability to earn a living so that means that one of the trends that has to be at the heart of any entrepreneur now is how do i mitigate or reduce my risk by by being able to play in more markets so that if there's another catastrophe or pandemic in the future i i am able to at least aggregate my incomes and still have a business that can thrive or grow or survive even The other trend is obviously unemployment and underemployment. Right now with the stay at home and so many restrictions, you find that many sectors people are not utilizing their capacity as much as they used to before and as a result they are retrenching employees, but even those that are still open are not utilizing the capacity they had. So what does this mean? the trend that is coming out of this is an entrepreneurial uh, culture or trend mostly out of necessity but for some out of opportunity as well because if 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 you're redundant now then many people you have no choice but to start thinking how do i start a business and how do i move forward where does the budding entrepreneur stand in all this does he or she have the capacity to adapt to these new trends if not How should they go about adapting their businesses for growth? Some of the things that they must do right now is technology must be at the heart of their business models. Even if you're you're going to have a a restaurant, 
or you're going to sell clothes, I believe that it's difficult for you to scale right now or to even grow as a young business if you don't leverage technology. The second thing that must be critical is partnerships. When you're a young business, it is impossible for you to mobilize all the resources that you need for you to get your business where you need it to go. That was pre-COVID. Now we imagine post-COVID. Some of the things that we do in the Fast Track Tech program is to, to see how to get our startups to actually work together across borders so that they're able to understand what's happening in Zambia. If there's an opportunity for you in Zambia, you're able to then work with another startup there and, and see how to grow into that space. So businesses in general must appreciate the role of partnerships now because partnerships will, will, will be the shortcut that you need to stay alive, one, but also to grow. The other thing is um, it's important to be able to leverage cross-border original opportunities as a way to, to reduce the impact of COVID on the market. At present, somebody whose customer base was probably uh, the prospective customer base of a million people today may be half a million. That means that uh, for a, a young business to grow, you can no longer consider growth based on the customers right in front of you. You know, when you're thinking you're in Lusaka and the customer base must be Lusaka, it will be impossible for you to grow to the level that you hope to. It's very important now, even when you're a young business, to start utilizing the available networking platforms, which takes us back to technology and the role of technology. For example, young people spend a lot of time on, on social media like uh, Facebook and the like, but now is the time for young businesses, which are usually led by young people, to actually utilize these platforms to build their businesses, to get to identify partners in other markets, in neighboring markets. In today's episode, we explored some innovative ways of conducting business that are likely to keep a business afloat during a pandemic like COVID-19. A major takeaway for me was the reinforcement of something I learned a while back, but it resonated with me now more than ever. And it's that adversity does not always mean the end. If you play your cards right, adversity can turn out to actually be the beginning of greater things to come. If you're an entrepreneur struggling to keep your business afloat amidst the coronavirus, perhaps it might be time to regroup and consider alternative and innovative ways of addressing business challenges rather than succumb and call it quits. Join us in the next episode for another exciting discussion that will look at out-of-the-box approaches to exploring business markets. This has been the Bongo Hive podcast brought to you in partnership with the ITC's Fast Track Tech Africa Initiative. Visit www.bongohive.co.zm forward slash podcast to subscribe and listen to more episodes, which are available on all major podcasting platforms.